Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. We are here again today for another episode. Today's episode is California Sober. What does California Sober mean? Um, Jessica? (laughs) (laughs) What does it mean? So it is basically a method of harm reduction where people in recovery use cannabis. So it's... So we were kind of looking this like the official definition up um, a few days ago, and I think the popular thing right now is like Demi Lovato's song, mm-hmm. um, and I think she um, also uses alcohol, which is not the technical term for California sober. So it's um, yeah, it's people in recovery still util- they're sober of their drug of choice, they're abstaining from alcohol and hard drugs, but they use cannabis. Yeah. Why are we um, yeah. talking about It that? was a few months ago that Demi Lovato and California yeah. Sober was, like, all over the news because she did that interview. And I mm-hmm. remember asking Jay, like, is this something that you guys talk about in the mm-hmm. recovery community? And he was like, he said it was getting a lot of buzz and, you know, people, a lot of people have a lot of opinions. Yeah. There are just, just different, like, schools of thought around it. So, yes. It's very new, I think, um, just with the legalization of cannabis happening, it being used more for mental health treatments and things like that, it's getting a little bit more attention. So we're talking about this today because Casey is California sober. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. So we're talking about that today. Um, Yeah. So he has been for a few months, probably close to three or so now. Um, and yeah, so we're going to share about the process of that, how that came about, how I feel about it, what you guys think about it, and share the whole story. And how long it took you to tell us, because <laughs> yeah. um, we are learning oh, this, like a week I mean, ago. only a week before our listeners, basically, so. Yeah, I guess so, yeah, so yeah. kind of so, talking through. We're talking about all that. Yeah. So I'll start at the beginning. So uh, earlier this year, um, we had to start the discussions around just like, you know, the possibility of him doing it um, just to chill and kind of help with some like anxiety and stuff. And um, the big pieces for me were that he kind of this wasn't done in the same way that other drugs have been done you know so it wasn't behind my back i wasn't piecing i wasn't playing detective mm-hmm. piecing information together noticing money missing or like him taking extra long going to the gas station that's down the street or whatever so it was a very open conversation um he basically was like this is something i think i can do that i'd like to do i'd like to try i think it would help me and you know we kind of worked through that um and, yeah, so I don't know. I can answer you guys' questions. Like, maybe if yeah. you guys want to start with a, 
asking the things maybe you would ask if your spouse, and then I can help kind of show how we got, went through the process, if that's helpful. Yeah, I think my first question is, so like, how did he first bring this up to you? You said you guys, like, started having conversations. Was it just one mm-hmm. day, like, hey, Jessica, I want to smoke weed again? Or, like, kind of. And what was your very initial reaction when he said that? At first, I was really against it. I was just like, you know, we just had a baby recently, and he's been doing really well in recovery. And honestly, I think at first, I was just really still very dealing with my postpartum anxiety and just really anxious myself. And I had been using cannabis to help me. And so it was around. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so anyways, I, I think at first, I was just like, it made me really nervous. And um I didn't want him to do it, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I was just basically, I think that's risky, and I think it's a bad idea. Um, but, yeah, and then the more we kind of talked about it, the more he explained his reasons, you know, that he um, just feels like it would help him mentally kind of take, like, be something he can do to, like, relax and chill and help with anxiety and things. And I was like, well, I mean, it makes sense. That's exactly why I use it. And, um yeah, ultimately, I mean, to be very honest, he was kind of like, I'm doing, I'm going to try. And oh, so, so it was more of like, hey, I'm letting you know that this is what yeah, I want to do. And I, mean, he I hope you're on board. Yeah, basically, he was like, I really want to do this. And like, so we talked about it, but he was pretty much had made up his mind. And, but he was talking me through it and things. And then, you know, started a little bit later. So, so yeah, he, he was pretty s- much, his mind was set. Did he wait to then? start I guess officially using it before you were like yeah I've come around to it or yeah it wasn't immediate we like talked about it and um and um yeah and then I think after just hearing him at first my first reaction was really fear-based and based on before like my mind just started spiraling like what if this happens and what if this happens and then what if he's using opioids again and then what if I have to get divorced and I have to raise a kid by myself like I was going from like I was doing that whole thing um and it took me a while to kind of back away from that and like just get back into those thoughts of like well I can't control anything you know that he's Mm -hmm. doing um I can't control any of that this is his thing if he wants if it's important enough for him to risk all of this then that's his decision, and I get my decisions in the whole process. So, um, yeah, but then what put me more at ease was um, just hearing him talk through it and then realizing the way it felt, you know? Like, I didn't feel like I did. It didn't bring up the same feelings that using in the past had brought up, you know? Like, I wasn't wor- – I, I don't feel worried about it. I don't feel like – because he's, he's honest about – it he does it like he asked me if he can do it at night like you know like he checks in it's he does it responsibly it's it doesn't at this point it's been about three or so months it doesn't seem like he's abusing it he's not high all the time um he takes care of our kid he meets his Mm -hmm. like work commitments um so it hasn't been like an issue those are things i'm kind of watching for like is this getting like more prevalent in our lives is he falling short in other commitments um is he hiding it is he doing it at times i feel like are inappropriate so yeah you mentioned two times at two different points like the word risky Mm -hmm. what about this do you think like why does that mind 
why does that word come to mind? Like, what about this is risky or why is it risky? I think we talk about, um, you know, the brain of an addict and basically that any substance. So, you know, you can have multiple addictions. So, for example, if you're in recovery, but you're going to the casino every night, you can become addicted to gambling. Mm -hmm. Like it's just the way your brain is kind of set up that you tend to do things in excess. Right. And, um, yeah, so I was concerned that that same type of mindset would kick in where he was basically addicted to cannabis and um, abusing it and using it irresponsibly. Um, and then that would, that that high essentially wouldn't be enough. Yeah. And so then he would pursue other drugs. Um, so those are the two things that I was just I'm, I mean, I am worried about. Like, I th see them as potential outcomes of this. Mm -hmm. right. um, so, yeah. Yeah, I would say that that makes me nervous. If um, Kevin and I were having this conversation, it, I just do not believe it would go the same way. Mm -hmm. If he was approaching me about cannabis and was like, I wouldn't use it, X, Y, Z, it, for me, it would be a hard no. Mm -hmm. And I just think while I don't necessarily find any issues with it or whatever, I just think knowing Kimmon's personality, it wouldn't stop at weed. Mm -hmm. And so for me, it makes me maybe extra nervous for you only because my experience of addiction is with my husband where he just goes from zero to 10,000. He mm -hmm. can't stop. Yeah. Um, both... Casey and Kimmon's drug um, usage was way different, though. Yeah. You know, Kimmon was every day as much as he could get mm -hmm. for a long time. Yeah. But that's not case. That's not how Casey used. Right. Do you want to touch on that? Because I think that's sure. so different. Yeah. So even with his drug of choice, he wasn't like an everyday user. It would be um, part of that. I mean, even before we were together, he wasn't using every day. It was kind of an occasional, like, a couple times a month, whenever he had money, you know, whatever. Um, there was definitely a period right before we went to treatment that it was spiraling and getting really, like, he was just getting in more and more trouble. So there were more lies and more using and things. It still wasn't every day, but it was, there was definitely a period of, like, more usage, um, but his typical pattern has been, especially with the relapses, has been like one time and done. But even before that was like occasional using um, when usually when he got paid. So like probably every other week. Yeah. Um, so now it lasts a couple of days and then it would stop type of thing. And to clarify, when you're talking about using right now, when you're this is referring to heroin. Yeah. Or yeah. was he when he would use heroin like. Once a week or every so often, was he using other things in between? No, not not since he started at uh, started treatment. So when we first met, he was smoking weed all of the time. I mean, we both that's something we just we did. This was yeah. pre treatment, pre whatever. Um, but no, when once recovery started, he hasn't he he didn't use uh, marijuana in all of that time. So yeah, yeah. Now, what about you, Shannon? What if Jay came up to you? Yeah, um, so I like what you said about basing, like you can only base how you would feel off of knowing how Kimmon is, and that's how I'm going to go from this with like Jay. Like if Jay were coming to me, I'd be like, 
know. We know exactly where this is going to end up. He, I would say, has previously tried the moderation oh, route. Okay. Like when we were, when we first started dating, he had been off of heroin for a couple of years. And at that point, he was drinking regularly and like occasionally smoking weed. Um, and that was what it was for the first three years we were together was Mm -hmm. like we would go out and drink and he even stopped using weed on his own because he was like I just don't really care about it that much and he found that it made him feel more like anxious and paranoid and so like that was something he cut out on his own but the drinking was something that was like daily and at first when we were together it was like we were in a college town atmosphere like I was drinking regularly so it just seemed normal and then it was when we got out of that where we started having like more argument arguments about the drinking like I feel like you're drinking more than mm-hmm. normal people or you always get like way more drunk than everybody else that were around um and then it inevitably led to him getting back into heroin and so it was like we know that you just like drinking mm-hmm. leads you eventually to heroin like don't know how long it will take and so I feel like that would be the same thing for him with weed and he I was talking to him about this afterwards or after you told us and he was like I know some people can do it Mm -hmm. like some people can he was like I know for me I cannot it is like a an entry point for me where I will even be like oh maybe if I you know like drink a little bit but I know deep down what I really want yeah. is to be shooting dope, and that is, like, an easy way for me to get in. Um, and even a couple of relapses that he had I thought was always interesting. He would go and buy, like, whiskey at a liquor store, get drunk, and then would go out and look for whatever he could get. But it was like, if I get myself inebriated or something, I'm a little bit more yeah. looser and going out and looking for what I actually want. So yeah. for us, no. It wouldn't work, I don't think. Yeah. There's another part of this that is helpful to me, too, is that, like, the things that have been working in his recovery, he's still doing. So, you know, like, there are a few pieces that are critical for him, therapy being one, his fellowship, his community, like, and being honest, that's a huge one for him. Um, So, yeah, he's still doing all of those things. Mm -hmm. So I think if all of that stopped and, like, that recovery mindset stopped – then that would be a red flag for sure. But the fact that those things are still going and it almost seems like he's using this more as a tool. Um, yeah, it makes me feel like more comfortable. I don't I don't have the same like I feel like he's abusing this or going mm-hmm. too hard or whatever. But those are things I'm watching for. Sure. If yeah. that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Has there ever been a period of time where he has, like, tried the moderation of, like, oh, I'm only going to smoke weed? and No. Okay, so just... No. He's always done total sobriety. Um, so, yeah, this is the first time. Mm-hmm. Did you guys talk about, so, like, if you start noticing those red flags or, like, hey, I've seen that you're not, like, hanging out with your recovery people as much or you're missing x y and z how do you guys approach that um we didn't specifically talk about that but 
I think the same way we always have. I mean, we just we just have an open conversation about it. I mean, it's not something that I have like resentment towards him about. It's like I said, it's just like open. Like last night, you know, I was hanging out, and he was like, "Hey, I think I'm gonna smoke a little bit. Is that fine?" It's like the baby was down. We were chilling. Yeah, I don't care. So it's kind of like I I don't feel. I feel like the communication about it is already open, and mm-hmm. I would imagine that 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 having that makes having that conversation if it comes up easy. If it starts feeling like he's hiding or he's like using more than he's telling me or something, yeah. then those are the we know that those are the um, the signs of his addictive brain. And so, I mean, he knows that, I know that, and we would just talk about it. And that's, I think, something that um, I think I would have to deal with on my own with all of this is what would I be willing to put up with, right? So at what point is this like a deal breaker? At what point, like, so that's something that I'm just kind of watching for. And um, I would not be comfortable with it if it got down that path where it was just like, you know, feeling more and more like this obsessive behavior. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which we haven't gotten to that point, which is good. Um, but it's definitely possible. I mean, it's a possibility in all right. of this. So, right. yeah. Yeah. So I think what would make me un- another thing that would make me uncomfortable um, is he going to a dealer to get this stuff? Like, yeah. um, so he, I mean, I just feel like marijuana is super easy to get. So he go, he has friends. One of his friends is actually in recovery and also California sober who sells weed. Um, so yeah, he gets it from friends or like, um, you know, just just basically like you know. If we go somewhere that has legal stuff and get it yeah, that way. yeah, but. are you saying? I, I see. I think where I hear you going is I know for jail, big part of the addiction is not even necessarily in addition to the drug itself is just like the ritual of sort of seeking and, seeking it and yeah. like oh. planning out like no that wasn't going to get it. No, that wasn't my turn of thought. That was you're going to a dealer who has your drug of choice and cocaine yeah. and meth, whatever is on the table, and you're like, well, I just want a bag of weed. I assume that dealer is going to be like, well, would you like to try some heroin? I mean, because I know Kim. Or just like throw it in. Right. And, I mean, Kim and's dealer was texting him like, I will give you free stuff. Come back, like, right in his early recovery. And so that, I think that, you know, if Casey was going to his drug right. dealer's house, getting the, that would also make me uncomfortable. Same. I, I kind of agree with you. Like, <laughs> we live around legal places. Yeah. Friends, X, Y, Z. Like, it is easier to get your hands on. I would be very uncomfortable with that. Yeah. If drug, you started going to drug the streets. Yes. <laughs> yeah. 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 We have very close friends that have plenty. So. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, yeah, I don't feel like it's. Um, it doesn't feel like that addiction type thing, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I would not be happy with that. That would not. Yeah. That would be a deal breaker for me. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so why did it take you three months to tell us? <laughs> and why did you not tell? Like, so we, you were over at my house one night, and we were talking, yeah. and. Somehow, somehow it came up, and I was just like, "Oh, like, have you guys had any further conversations about um, Casey smoking weed?" Uh-huh. And then you were like, "Actually, he's already done it." And I'm like, "What the fuck? Like, we've 
you and I had a conversation like we're in the same women's group together. You were dis- you were upset with me because I didn't share with you <laughs> that I bought bikinis. Yeah. And I said, well, I said that just doesn't seem like it's a big deal that I bought bikinis for the summer. I said, I can see you. I can peg you that if Casey ever started smoking weed, you would not tell me. And you giggled and you laughed and you said, well, that's probably true. And you said that you would tell us. to tell you. Yeah. And so we had had a handful of conversations about it. Yes. Um, But then now we're three months in. Yeah. I told you that we were talking about it. That was easy for me to tell you. Yeah, I remember us... All of us, maybe it was because we were talking about Demi Lovato. It was something uh, like that. There was like we, the three of us talked at one point. It came up, and you're like, "Yeah, Casey and I, yeah, have kind of been talking about it. Not sure how we feel or what will go on. Like, I'll keep you posted." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then last week we were having a meeting, and you're like, "So, um, I have something to share." <laughs> And you only told Katie because Katie straight up asked you. Well, that's what I told myself. In my, so here's here's what happened in my head. So I don't know why. In this, we had women's group yesterday, and I talked about this. Like, I don't know why I have such a hard time telling you guys if Casey relapses or whatever. Like, that's been a pattern of mine the mm-hmm. whole time. Yes. Um. So I honestly thought that I would be able to do this because – it wasn't the same. Um, it didn't feel the same to me. And then also I'd already kind of told you we were talking about. So I kind of, you kind of already knew it was a possibility. Right. And so I don't know why. I thought, I really thought like, okay, that would be easy. And like there were a few day- times when we were meeting and I was like, okay, I'm going to tell him now. And then I didn't. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm going to tell him now. And then I didn't. And it kept getting harder and harder. Right. And to the point where I was like, okay, next time Katie asked me point blank, because she asks questions point blank all of the time. <laughs> and I thought, okay, next time, I'm not going to lie to their faces. But, like, it, next time she asked me, I'm just going to tell her. It took so long. I thought <laughs> you would ask me before that. Yeah. Jeez, <laughs> so, Katie, this is your fault. I know, no. right? <laughs> um, but but in my mind, I had made that decision. Like, okay, I'm going to wait for that. That kind of took it off of me. And yeah. I didn't have to, like, feel yeah. – for myself, I didn't have to feel like, well, I wasn't doing it every day. It was just like, okay, I'm waiting for this moment. And I think that made me feel more at ease about it. It kind of took some pressure off. But then when she asked me, I was like, yes. <laughs> yeah, all right. <laughs> well, what was your reaction? I legitimately screamed. <laughs> I legit, like, she was like, what the Yeah, heck? yeah, I screamed. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was shocking, I think. But it felt good to tell her. And then I instantly felt really guilty. And then I was just like, I realized that, like, I don't understand why it's so difficult for me to do this. So we talked about it a little bit yesterday, like, on a women's therapy group. And, um... I don't know. I'm working on it. I mean, I don't have an answer. I'm working on yeah. it. I I want to be able to come to you guys with that. I mean, I know that you support me and care about me, but it's something with myself that I just can't do it yet, and I don't know why. I mean, I just don't have a good answer. Yeah. I don't know why. Yeah. Um, it's just something that's not natural. It doesn't feel good, and I just can't. Like, I mentally cannot. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, so I'm glad to hear that you shared with the women's group. Although, 
I wonder, like, if you hadn't already told us, like, it wouldn't have come up. So I think I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, you know, I can. No, I don't think it would have come up. No, I wouldn't have said anything. Like, I think one of the concerns I have is, like, yes, I wish you would just tell us things. But I also know how you, like, how easy it is to get kind of stuck and, like, oh, I'm going to tell people. And Mm -hmm. then you don't and time goes by. But what I know is that, like, Katie and I are the like, main two people that you tell things about, Mm -hmm. like, Casey's recovery, too. So then the thought occurred to me, like, if she's not telling us that, then is she talking to anyone about this? And, like, are you kind of, like, isolating it and, like, alone with your thoughts? And, like, that, I think, is a little concerning. That's exactly what I do. I mean, I didn't tell my counselor. Right. I've seen her twice individually. Oh, you didn't even tell her? No. I don't tell anyone. It's It's not you guys. It's that I can't, I cannot say it. Do you think, was there, like, in this (laughs) instance, is it something because you're, like, feel unsure about the decision? And, I mean, probably. I don't know. I mean, that could be something to do with it. I think I worry about, like, what people will think of things. Mm -hmm. Um, That could play into it. But at the end of the day, like, with this in particular, so with relapses, you know, I told myself, well, it's because I'm dealing with it and I'm not really ready to talk about it. And that's kind of how I felt. Fair. Um, but with this instance in particular, I don't feel like that. Like, I felt confident about it. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like he's, he, we're, it's going well for us and it's working fine and no red flags have come up and it's been a few months and I'm not like, like um, obsessing over the thoughts of like what is it what if what if what if mm-hmm. what if and it feels very normal for us and so that whole thing of like I'm unsure you know I'm pretty confident in this for us right now as it is today um, so I don't have that rationale to go fall back on of like well I'm processing it and I can't I gotta right. get through that emotionally it's right. that's 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 not yeah. an excuse I can use this time so I think that's what made it for me like me realize like I need to work on this because I am isolating myself and if something would were to have happened in those three months it would have been even harder to come and get help right. 100%. and so I don't want to be like that and also like. I need to stop, like, uh, doing this thing that I do where I, like, it's almost like a protection for him, you know? Yeah. Like, okay, oh. you know, it's like, a, well, I, I got to just keep it in, and I got to keep it inside, and I just got to deal with it, and protecting him, you yeah. know? He you da- don't yeah. want other people to yeah. know and, like, look at him or think or... Yeah, and it's just like, I need to let that go. It doesn't serve me well, and it doesn't do anything for him. You know, like, he does. He yeah. doesn't know any different. I'm only hurting myself doing that. Yeah. But I think some of that is that, like, codependency, like, yeah. protective mom bear on him. Like, yeah. I don't want anyone to think badly of him. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing is, like, oh my, my whole family knows. Like, I, I haven't... I like everybody knows about this. It's not a secret. <laughs> and oh, that he's in recovery in general. That he's in recovery and that he's smoking weed. Oh, your whole family knows now. Yes, everyone oh. knows. His friends. <laughs> How know. did this happen? All of his friends in recovery know. <laughs> everyone knows. Now, had you told him you hadn't shared with us? Was yes. he giving you any advice or? He was encouraging me to tell you, and he was like, every time I was like, I feel guilty. He's like, I know that feeling. You should tell them. 
Like, I know that feeling. You should tell them. And it's just like, I couldn't. Yeah. And he was like, it'll happen. It's okay. You'll get there. And he was supportive. Um, and he kept encouraging me to tell you guys. Like, but he had told everyone. Like, every, he's not hiding it. And I think that's another point for me that's, like, reassuring. Sure. It's like, he's not hiding it. People in recovery know that he's he's doing that. And that's his yeah. choice. Um, it's just his life. Like, he's very... It's kind of like I was saying, I've been talking about, I think I said on the podcast last time, like, I want to just be my whole self and stop siloing oh, yeah. who I am for different situations. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's in the same boat where he's just like, this is what, who I am, what I'm doing in my life. And it's right. working for me. Yeah. And that gives me a little bit of comfort, too. Like, he's comfortable with what he's doing and who he is and the choices he's making. And right. it makes it easier for him. So positive way codependency is working currently. Where it's like it's making me feel like, okay, he's not at odds with himself. Mm-hmm. Um, is he still going to his own therapist? Yes. Is yeah. that is this something that yeah. he's talked about there too? Yeah, yeah. Um, at first she was with me, like kind of against it. And then um, over time, you know, he's still doing, making progress and things. And so it's become less of something that they're talking about. I think... Honestly, it's probably helping him um, with therapy, like kind of get going in it and mm-hmm. being more vulnerable in things. So, um, yeah, so she kind of has left that alone for now, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if, if he were to stop therapy, that would be another red flag for me. Yeah, oh, 100%. Yeah. Because that's been a game changer because he he he's not really ever followed the typical right. path to recovery. Meetings haven't really been his thing. He just hasn't found his vibe with meetings. I mean, he had a sponsor, but did he get through the steps? Yeah. We did get through the steps, um, but that's just not been his path. And yeah. so... Um, he struggled with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, but he has a lot of good friends in recovery. So while he right. doesn't, like, go to a certain meetings all the time... He has really close friends, and he talks to them a lot. He cuts their He's a barber, so he cuts their hair. Um, he sees them frequently. So he maintains those friendships, and I think that helps him. Right, yeah. Um, but, yeah, he's not like um, a traditional NA guy. You know yeah. what I mean? Right. Yeah. 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 So, I mean. <laughs> I think that it's. It's there for that reason. That that's one of the things. One of the reasons I wanted to talk about this today, because I think it's so easy to start the recovery journey and to see the AA and a you know that path of like these twelve, these really strict twelve steps and ninety meetings in ninety days and you know all those things that are super helpful, right? Yeah. But to, if your loved one doesn't follow those to the book, then you feel like we're doomed. You know, and I've always felt like that, like because my spouse isn't doing things the quote unquote right way. Yes. Mm -hmm. He's doomed. Yes. And it's taken me a long time to realize, like, I need to look at this person holistically. What is he doing? You know, like he did engage in the program when he needed it and he got a lot out of it when he lived at the halfway house and worked through the steps and like super involved like he needed it and it helped him get to a place um but for him in particular 
therapy has been the big, big game changer for him. I think um, a lot of his using came from emotional trauma. And so, I mean, he would probably agree with that. And we haven't specifically talked about it. But um, that's my assumption based on what I know about him and when he's used. Um, So, yeah, therapy has been life-changing for him. Yeah. And it's opened up things like he'll come to me after therapy and like we'll talk about things in our relationship that would have been you know four years ago would have seemed impossible Mm -hmm. right so yeah so I want to show that while there just could be I'm not saying that you know California sober is like a tried and true method you should try it definitely (laughs) not saying that I'm just saying that there could potentially be other ways to live in recovery and um, it could look different. And even if it's not perfect, it doesn't mean that that person isn't healing and growing. Right. Um, right. Wh- yeah. So, yeah, it's definitely something that I'm like, this is not what I would have thought would be the best path. Yes. Um, and it makes me nervous. But I was nervous before. <laughs> so I'm right. not sure that it's really making me any more nervous. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was worried about it before. Um, yep. the, the same thing kind of uh, helps. It, kinda, it almost helps me feel like at least I, would, I can see more. You know, like I can see his behavior around drugs more than I did before. Like I might notice things that I might not have. Like if he were searching online or things he might have done in private like I think uh, he might not even realize like when he starts to be obsessive about this drug right like I might be able to see that stuff a little bit better I don't know but it's something that I like am just aware of like this would be a red flag if if he starts to get obsessive and those same behaviors he had around opiates if that happened with this yeah would be um, something I, I would know to like talk about. So anyways, yeah, I don't know. I just hope that it shows a little bit of like recovery isn't perfect and it's not always no. um, the way that quote unquote should be. Right. And I still consider him in recovery. You yeah. Know? Mm-hmm. And right. like he's when we started recovery like or treatment at, like six years ago, seven years oh, ago. Oh, it was July. Yeah, yeah. It was July of 15. Seven years ago? Six. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was July of 2015. Yeah, okay. So um, when we started that, like, the motivations for me were, like, just stop doing the thing that's, like, going to kill you and, like, ruining our relationship. And, like, so when I think about, like, why I want him to be sober, it's because I don't want him to die and I don't want our lives to be ruined. Yeah. And that's, you know, he's not going to die from marijuana. And... He's not ruining our lives. So if those things, if it starts to go down that path, then I would bring it up again. But, yeah, yeah, so anyways, hopefully that makes sense. (laughs) I think so. Yeah, makes sense. And, like, I personally have nothing against marijuana. Like, I have a lot of friends who use it. Like, I've used it in the past. Um, I think it's just you have to know the individual that is making the decision and deciding like, is this risk worth it? Because it is, no matter how you look at it, it is a risk. I think Mm -hmm. if in six months from now you were to tell us like, guess what? Casey relapsed on heroin. 
I don't think that I would be, like, surprised. I'd be like, oh. And I, I think we would all be like, yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. I think I would almost be more surprised if in, like, a few years it was like, Casey's only been smoking weed and has never relapsed. Mm-hmm. So it's just, like, it's possible, but it's it's risky. So I guess just, yeah, uh, if, where you want to be there, I guess. Yeah, I would, but, I mean... If he relapsed in six months, I also wouldn't be surprised because that's his pattern. True. <laughs> yeah. So, so you can't like necessarily. Yeah. It doesn't mean it would necessarily point straight back to the weed. Right. But it. But it would, it would be, be a some, factor that played into it. Probably. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are lots of those things, though. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. One hundred percent. So. Now, how does it feel like now talking about it? Um, I mean, not great. I I don't know. I'm not like. I don't know why. I feel like it's just like I'm glad to be talking about it and to be sharing about it. And I hope it helps someone else to hear it. Um, But personally, this is just something that like it's one of those areas when you feel like you need to work on something and you're like insecure about because it's not you're not the way you would like to be. Um, so in regards to like the being able to share and like that and not telling you guys, I don't love rehashing that all the time. And I've done it every day for like the last week, it seems like. Um, so I'm a little tired of that conversation just personally, but, um, yeah, I mean, it feels good to like talk about it. Yeah. Cool. So. Well, I'm glad. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just glad that you guys. Have both talked about it. It's out yeah. in the open. Like, mm-hmm. you've come to a place where you feel, like, comfortable and good about how things are. Mm-hmm. And, like, that he's not hiding things and that he's still talking yeah. to people. Like, I feel like it. all of those are, like, positive things. Oh, yes. I will say, thank you. And I will say one other thing um, that makes me feel comfortable about it. He doesn't, like, you know when someone gets really drunk and they're, like, out of their mind or whatever? <laughs> Yes. He doesn't get like that. Like, it's not like I feel like he, he like, uses to the point of, like, just totally getting out of his mind. Mm. So I think that helps me, too. Like, if I engage with him, you remember when, like, you've encountered your partner when they're high on opiates? Yes. And they're, like, different and they look weird and they, like, act different and it's not them? Yes. That's not the case. And that helps me a ton. It doesn't trigger those things for me where I'm like that I definitely could never do the alcohol thing if that because that whole like seeing them kind of out of their mind would be very triggering yes yeah so that helps a lot it doesn't like automatically bring it back so anyways cool Oh, so I will say, we're going to put in the show notes. There were a few articles that I found, like, when we were um, uh, preparing for this episode that really kind of uh, explain why California sober may not be the best choice and um, goes through some of those decision points that you could use in your life, things like uh, recovery-type behaviors and Mm -hmm. those sorts of stuff. So we'll put those in the show notes because there was one really great article that kind of walked through that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was a great check in. <laughs> Thank, Thank you, you for sharing. <laughs> You're welcome. Um, so now that the episode is kind of at the end, does anybody want to talk about our huge announcement? 
I mean, we should talk about our huge announcement. Yes, we alluded it to it last week. Um, and thank you to everyone who was so sweet to us, who reached out with private messages or who um, whatever you guys did, it was amazing. Like we just felt the love. Um, it, it was just awesome. So thank you to everybody who listened, who has been listening, who shared it with people. Uh, I think there was one woman who said like, you guys coming out on the podcast as who you are, I'm now following your account on my real account. Mm-hmm. So it kind of seemed like she has a private account that maybe she's looking for this for, mm-hmm. but now she's she liked us or followed us um, using her real account, which is brave. I mean, it's baby steps, you know, because you don't mm-hmm. want to be linked. I was always so nervous to like things because oh. you could go back and find, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So um, a little bit of a backstory. About seven months ago, the three of us got together and tried to figure out, like, what we wanted to do with the podcast and this audience and the time that we invest in this. And we decided that the thing that has been most impactful for us is that support group component. So having Mm -hmm. a group of people that you can do exactly what I did today, which is just share something that um, they'll understand, they'll be able to provide feedback, even if it's not what you want to hear or exactly aligned with you, it gives you different perspectives and helps you think of things holistically. So um, we're really, really excited to announce that, yay, drum roll, (laughs) we are going to be starting an online virtual support group. So um, this will be held over some Zoom or some type of meeting platform. So we get to see each other. Um, it will be led by all or one of us We're still kind of working through that. But um, we're going to open up the first group to about 10 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, information will be on our new website, recovering2.com. We'll link to that in the show notes. Um, You can also get there through boyproblemspod.com if you're familiar going there. Um, So, yeah. Anybody want to share details about the group? Yeah. So it's a, um, so the website we think is fantastic. Uh, We've been working very hard on it for quite some time. Um, The group is going to be six weeks in length. It will be on Monday nights at this point in the evening. So hopefully it accommodates for people on East and West Coast. And we will always do a check-in at the beginning of the group. And then we have developed some education, some topics to speak about for those six weeks. So maybe it's not a heavy check-in week. Then we can jump right into boundaries or focusing on yourself, codependency. Uh, You can go to the website and look at the six different topics that we're going to cover. Um, And so that that is how we're going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. And if you sign up, you get a cute little welcome packet with some swag. And um, we're going to be sending you some worksheets and journal prompts. And it's really going to be something we hope that you can dedicate six weeks to really focusing on some of your own Self-investment is my yeah. new favorite term. Yeah. That's good. Invest in yourself and yeah. your healing and your own recovery. So, mm-hmm. And I think this was a big motivator in why we revealed who we are because yes. when we had this conversation, we are like, we want to be able to do these support groups. Oh, but how do you do that without right. showing, showing your face, your face right. and your name? And so it all kind of came together, and it's a, it will be a good way to connect with more people and um, also create 
other connections within the group. I don't mm-hmm. think you can have too much support. So right. no. I'm looking right. forward to it. Right. Yeah. So our new business is called Recovering 2. Uh, we have lots of different resources on the website. Um, you can look at our Instagram, things like that. Connect with us. Uh, we also are going to, we have other ideas for Recovering 2. So now Recovering 2 is kind of our main brand and Boy Problems podcast is underneath of that umbrella. So that's kind of how we're going forward. So we're very excited. So thank you guys, as always, for listening and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.